Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. Believe it or not, we are live. Good afternoon. It's good, good afternoon because it, it's good afternoon because it's four o'clock and five o'clock, respectively, in the afternoon. Yeah, so, yeah. but hello, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the Health Angle. Uh, just let me do my little bit here, which is uh, moved. Um, where's it gone? Someone's moved it. Oh, there we go. Right, the Health Angle. It guides, educates, supports, and teaches wellness and fitness awareness from a sporting perspective. Now, today's uh, little talk is on performance anxiety in sport. So, uh, you know, that, that's really good. And, um, and I've suffered a lot, from, quite a bit from this in the past. So we should have some, uh, some uh, stories. And um, I probably said them all before in different ways, in different uh, shows. But um, let's, so let's start with Warren because he'll be brand new. And um, so, uh, Warren, performance why anxiety. Be, why would I be brand new? Brand new in what aspect? Well, it, it, talking about maybe performance anxiety, if you have any. Now, before, before we get started, I should say that when I first looked at this in Google, okay, yeah, it was quite it was quite amazing. I'm getting a thumbs up, so we're coming through. All right, that's good. Um, it it was quite amazing because um, most of everything related to uh, performance anxiety and erectile dysfunction and sexual performance. So, just to let let the people know on the call, we are not on this occasion talking about anything to do with sex. Okay. We are talking or about sexual. athletics and things like that. Or sexual performance. So, not ah, sexual performance. In no, because that, well, I'll tell you that, what, Chubb is with me all day. There's a science behind <laughs> that relating to anxiety and sports performance and having sex. There's yeah, a I science know. behind that too. There's studies yeah. that have been done on that. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all right, from, my, so. from my perspective, I just think back to like when I was a kid, and I think anybody can relate to this. Except for the, I mean, there's few and far between of us that have never experienced performance anxiety um, in a sense that, you know, you're out there in the sports field at your school or you're doing something on stage and you get anxious about what you're about to do, you know. Yeah. And that, for most part, I think most of us can relate to that. If you just think back far enough, you know, um, I think I think back to when I was on stage once before. I was supposed to be acting in a play, and I was so anxious about it. I was really so anxious that the day before our opening act, I ended up having a, an accident. I had a bicycle accident, and I I was almost in a coma as a result of it. Um, yeah. And I think I, I, yeah, I think I pushed myself out of that play. You know what I mean? Doing the play, I was so anxious out of it. Subconsciously, I I, I forced something to happen. But yeah, I mean, look from a sports from a sporting perspective, the biggest time I've ever been anxious that I can recall was when um, I was attempting to break the Guinness World Record. And I mean, oh, that's big enough reason. Sorry, drinking beer. <laughs> I might be South African, but no. <laughs> No, not me, man, not me. 
I remember that. I remember when we used to play. When I used to play club rugby, and we used to go and hit the keg straight after practice, and all the guys would be downing beers, and I would be, I'd be sipping nice and slowly. I just, I, I don't have a gullet that just opens up for downing things. So yeah. Ah, well, yeah. Anyway, um, so another name for it would be stage fright. Yeah. Okay, uh, and I think people would know it more from that that name than anything else um it really comes under the same umbrella it always comes under the same umbrella and that is the fear of public speaking so that's that's the that's the originator and then you have little different strands off of it you know um but performance anxiety is fear about one's ability to perform a specific task it's as simple as that you know mm -hmm. a lot of people experience performance anxiety um and it, it, it then brings on things like fear, doubt, and worry. They, yes. they, they come into the mix. And what it is, it's, um, it's all about um, thinking you're going to fail before you start or humiliating yourself. Yeah, or maybe something that you don't think that people are going to enjoy it, that you're going to fail in some um, You're going to look, yeah, as you say, humiliate. You're going to look silly. You're going to look stupid. Yeah, so the individual might believe there could be a failure and it will result in humiliation or rejection. And that, and that's, um, and that's basically what it is, you know? And, um, so is there it was real? One key word you used, Paul. There was Go one on. key word you used and that's thinking. Yeah. What, oh yeah. You know, the monkey chatter. The monkey chatter you tell yourself before you go on. Exactly. And you, you can change that. Yeah. You can change that, and because yeah, all absolutely, it's, there's, there's, and, there's, and, there's no physiological difference between being excited for something and being anxious about something. The only difference, only difference, is what's going on inside your head. That's the difference. Fine. That's right. There's a fine dividing line. Yeah, it doesn't take very much to tip you over the edge. <laughs> uh, my my experience, um, I was when I was just trying to think what age I was, probably about 12, maybe 13. Um, and I've got one at 11 as well. But um, the one, at, let's say 13, um, I was uh, county champion at 800 metres. So when I went to an event, obviously the first people that are mentioned, the people that have won a title, you know, and um, it's this, this slightly bit different. I, I didn't, I didn't have any fear by then. But uh, you know, this is Paul Bercy. He's the champion, blah, blah, you know, and all that. You know. Anyway, there I was standing on the line of the eight hundred meters because you know it's at the right at the start of the four hundred meters, but it cur curves round. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, I feel pretty confident. And someone, someone stood on my foot and spiked me, R ripped open my brand new spikes. And I and I got knocked down right at the start, um, which wasn't good. Wow. And I knew what I should I knew what I should do, and what I should have done was take my time getting back. But as as you, what you do, you fear that you're going to get humiliated. So what yeah. you do, you sprint harder to catch up with them because that's that's the end of your race because you can't sustain that. Number one and number two, you haven't got to sprint finish. Yeah, I did have a sprint finish, but not on that particular day. But um, okay. well, the other one, 
Was your foot cut up? Sorry? Was your foot cut up? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, not much, not okay. much, a bit of blood. Um, the other time was probably when I was 11, and what happened, uh, I used to, I didn't throw up before a race. I was nervous before a race, and some people are nervous before, and some people are nervous after as well, but I was never, once the gun went, I was fine. But on this, I remember one particular occasion, um, I kept having to go to the loo. I was so nervous, oh. I just kept going to the loo. Uh -huh. You know, um, and but as I say, once once the gun went, I was fine. You know, um, anxiety can do that to you. And this is what and a lot of people don't realize it that they go to the loo a lot, and they don't yeah. realize it's anxiety. Yeah, and um, but I but but time but time I was on the line, ready to go, I was fine. But it was beforehand, just thinking about it, you know. And because the the better I got, the worse it got. You know. Um, so anyway, that's, that's another thing. Uh, the only other thing I, I had a bit of stage fright as well when I was 11. Um, uh, I think I've mentioned it before. I, someone had to, so they wanted someone to read out all of the all four years, five years of all the school reports that played football on the Saturday previous. Okay, so every, every one of the captains, or they give me a little bit from their team, and I do my, my game, all right. And, uh, and basically, um, and I felt I had to do it. Do you know? I, I knew I wanted to speak on stage, um, but I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, wasn't the best. As it, as it, I was very nervous. That dog's come back. Oh, don't shoot it. No, I'm not. I'm, all them animal lovers. I don't mean it. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I mean, go shoot him. Go shoot him. Let him in the other one bang. Go shoot him. Um, I'll shoot him with some, with, with some water. <laughs> okay, you're very kind. Um, okay, yeah, and because I went on stage, uh, and the thing was, um, I wrote out these words beforehand, um, and I apologise to anyone else has heard this before, uh, and I wrote down the word initiative. Um, whether I spelt it right is another matter. But I got to the bit in the report that I was reading out, um, the word initiative, and I forgot what it meant and how to say it. <laughs> so I had to go to the headmaster who was standing right to my, one of my sides, you know, and I had to ask him how embarrassing the whole school was there, you know. But luckily, it didn't deter me, so I did it every week. But um, yeah, but I can understand people getting, uh, you know, stage fright. So, oh, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, oh, yeah. so. But um, has it ever happened to you? I mean, stage fright type of thing. Any other uh, instance? Yeah, well, I've I've been up on stage before when I've I've been. Um, it happened to me like when I first started getting into speaking on stage when I was talking to schools, high schools, in South Africa. Okay. Um, and I was going to talk to high school students, and I went to my my old boys, and. Um, that was that was pretty terrifying talking to my old school that was pretty terrifying but I, I in saying that i think i've always had like a a natural ability to just push myself through that without too much concern you know i've always like even even when i was going for the guinness record i just riled myself up beforehand because i knew otherwise i was going to be too i was going to be i was going to be too anxious 
So I just riled myself up to the point where I, I just couldn't think of it anymore, you know, of the nervousness. Yeah. Of it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and the same thing on stage, you know, when I'm going to talk to boys and you've got 3,000 boys you're talking to, <laughs> it can be terrifying. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 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 it was. And when you get cotton, then you get cotton dry mouth, cotton mouth. I wish I, wish I did have that, but, I did, you know, it was mine was um, – if I'm given a subject to talk about, I'll go and talk about it. I have no problem. I could talk to a million people. It wouldn't matter in the slightest. But as, as I mentioned before, I think on, on a previous call, if it's a from the heart, mm -hmm. it's from the heart. I'm at, not now. I'm fine now. But, you know, I've been on stage at business things, getting award, and I lots of words. I just okay, absolutely lots of words. Not because I got the award. <laughs> But it just, I didn't know what to say. I just, I didn't, you know, and I, it was a former stage fright. There was, no, there was no doubt about it. And um, I think I'll be all right now. I think I can cope now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you've had enough yeah. experience. Let, let me just, uh, let me just turn the light on. Hang on a sec. It's a bit dark here. No, it's fine. Carry on talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit disconcerting when all of a sudden Paul just gets up and walks out. But, um, yeah. We've got the light on now, so I can uh, okay. I can actually see what I'm doing. That's better. Okay, I was going to say, just move your camera. Move your camera. You've been sitting like you've been look, sitting like this the whole time. Yeah, look at this. Can you see Ooh, that? What is oh. that? Oh, nice. I I'm round my ex I'm round my ex's house, and um, and uh, sometimes her internet's not very good. So I was taking a bit of a gamble, and uh, she said, "You're losing too much weight." <laughs> so she gave me this big bit of cake and a and a mug of hot chocolate. So fantastic! You know, you've got to have your carrot cake. I'm sorry, Andrea but, um, made Andrea made carrot cake last week, and it was delicious. But it didn't have it didn't have all that cream topping that you've got on yours. No, no, no. And you know that. The I'm irony is that carrot cake is one of the fattiest ones. Carrot cake is one of the fattier cakes. Yeah, but I've got—I'm so thin I can afford to eat it. You see, <laughs> I've got, got, got an ounce of fat on me, oddly. Which is, and, you, and, you have, and you have an injury, so it's also—it's the injury. Also, it's comfort food for your injury too. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, I did get. I know it's a side note. We will come back to performance anxiety in a second. So I bought one of these, uh, like a Nike compression sock. Okay. For my for my injured thigh, and it feels so much better. It's really? great. If anyone has not ever used compression socks, they're good. There's a startup company that have actually developed a compression bodysuit. Hmm. Yeah, and but, I was... but I would question some people why they would want it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ego involved with some people, I guess. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, yeah, like holding fat in and things like that. Yeah, you know, exactly. and, uh, hey, don't get me wrong. I've done that before. But, I've, um, I've seen guys go to the gym before where you see them on the gym floor and then you look at them and think, oh, the guy's in pretty good shape. And then you go to the, the change rooms like about 20 minutes later, half an hour later, whatever. <laughs> you see the same guy. He takes his, his shirt off and he's got one of those like, those body straps around him. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Up and yeah. Goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then it's yeah. like, oh, okay, I see. But yeah. anyway, 
but there's body suits the, the whole the body compression suits that i've seen it's um they seem to be pretty i mean they especially for people that struggle with low back problems hip issues and stuff like that it helps for yeah, those it, muscles. Does, it, it seems to hold you in together better you yeah, feel more complete yeah. and i you know i do get it i mean i, I did it even uh, okay so performance anxiety very important um anyone here ever suffer from it on who's listening to this please let us know um if it's your first time on here let us know as well any any old stages that have been around and the 40 plus um uh facebook lives that we've done let, let us know also so um okay so performance anxiety um it's often uh, present in athletes more than you know it um we think it's we think it's rare but it's actually very very common okay um all different types of so you know some people become pumped up you've seen it you see boxers whatever mm -hmm. and um during the competition before the competition um because of this rush of, of adrenaline which is sometimes isn't a good thing because I'll tell you now, if you're, yeah. all pumped, if you're all pumped up beforehand, right, uh, and I can tell you this by, what was it I was doing? I was doing something where I was, oh, yeah, I know. I, this, um, I, you know, I'm a referee, and they do fitness tests. Well, I failed my fitness test last year. Um, uh, number one was uh, I didn't plan it properly. Number two, I didn't do enough work for it. But number three was... And I can remember this from my days as a kid, is that all the energy drained from me through the tension and stress of going on the test. And I don't, I don't suffer from any of that apart from this. Uh -huh. And I noticed it, and I was, I was like, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> I was just like, it was like everything. I'd already done ten laps, and this was the last two laps, not the first two. You know, so, um, so it's, it, you know, pumping up is okay. Um, but I, I wouldn't suggest it. I would just talk to yourself nicely and just, you know, just say, look, I'm going to have a great run here. Play it down, you know. It's going to be a smooth run. It's going to go without any problems at all, you know, and all those types of things. But don't get pumped up because you're using so much of your oh, energy. So it's much, unbelievable. So much, so much raw energy, not just yeah. so much of your raw energy and power you're using when you get pumped up like that. Yeah. And, and I can it, I, often when I watch a fight, if I'm watching a, a boxing fight yeah. or a mixed martial arts, boxing's fight, a classic one, isn't it? You'll see when the guy comes into the ring, you'll often you'll see the guy like you'll say, ah, uh, this guy's gonna he's gonna he's gonna tank out within the first three yeah. rounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, and, it's I mean, there's a lot of when you have something like boxing, there is a lot of ego attached. Yeah, but the, but we one wonders whether they do it to give themselves confidence mm -hmm. or they do it because of ego or a combination of both. I mean, look, if I was going in the boxing ring, I'd be silent. You wouldn't, I'd be concentrating on what I'm doing. Be zen. Uh, yeah, precisely. And that, that's the way I would do it. I mean, I know it takes all sorts and, and it is good TV. There's no doubt about it. If you're all pumped up, but look, um, you, you get a guy like Anthony Joshua who goes into the ring and he's like, and he does the whole show and everything like that, but he's always composed. He's, yeah, that's right. He's always he's gathered and composed and centered, although he does the whole show. Then you get some guys that just I can't name any in particular right now, but I know I've seen them. And you get and you know they come who's, into the ring. They, who's the current world champion? Oh, Tyson Fury. Yeah. 
is a classic example. Yeah, but yeah, but right, I mean, but, you know, but but he's a different type of character, you know. And um, but uh, as I say, it, it takes takes all sorts. But going back to the biggest thing that you find is about the negative thoughts that you have, yes. you know, and that is that uh, practice is one, but negative thoughts is the other. So what you have to do is you practice, 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 and keep practicing. But then you don't say anything negative to yourself at all. You just, you know, and, and don't pump yourself up, but tell yourself positive stuff. You know, control how you act, how you move, and what you say to yourself. Very, very important. You know, and that and that affects your ability to perform. Mm-hmm. You're not wasting energy if you do it right, you know. Um, You're just saying that. Sorry, Paul, it just reminded no, me of, of an occasion which I forgot about. When I was younger, when I was in my early 20s, I was playing golf with uh, my older brothers. And we used to play as part of a club. My, my older brother and I, we played part of a club and um, and we used to go play like competitions every second weekend at different golf courses. And um, the one weekend we went to my, my other brother's hometown at the time and we went to his local country club. And this brother, he's good. I mean, he, he could have been professional, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to the first tee and I'm the youngster in the whole field. I'm the youngest guy in the field. And we're on the first tee. Everyone's standing around there watching. I mean, literally everyone was standing around. I think I think we were the second pairing to get to go off the tee. Okay. Well, second foursome. And I could just feel the pressure. <laughs> I could feel that. I thinking about it now it just reminded me. It mm. just reminds me. And I think so. How did I forget about that? Because I could feel that pressure just weighing on me as I was getting ready to hit, get up, step up onto the tee. Mm. And I, all I, at the time, I was, um, I had known about this technique where you start to, where you, in your mind, you mirror somebody who's a great at what you want to do. So yeah. for me, yeah. my, the, perfect, the perfect swing in golf for me is Ernie Els, the yeah. biggie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, that's all I, I just imagined myself as being only else. And I got up onto the first tee. I lined that ball up. And my tee was, my tee off was never particularly good, okay, when I was playing golf. It was never the best part of my game. And I, and I hit that ball and it went so sweet right up the middle of the fairway. And it just climbed and it climbed. And I was looking as I was, <laughs> everyone was like, my brothers were like, what? <laughs> Everyone was shocked, especially those yeah, who yeah. know how I play golf. And um, it was a, it was such a beautiful moment. It really was. Yeah, in everyone watching, I'm the youngest guy in the crowd in the field, and it was just perfect, sweet up the middle of the fairway. And that, oh man, that that pressure from there on in was just. Needless to say, when we got to the when we got to the first night after the first night in the halfway house, I had to down a beer. I was so nervous after that. I just drank a beer as quickly as I could, but uh, yeah, it was it it was stage fright. I mean, definitely. But I managed yeah, to, yeah. and I just imagined. Oh yeah, that's that- it. I mean, you, there, there, there's all different phases of it. I mean, I think um, I've got a dog ear barking now. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um, yeah. So if you think about sport, especially for you for, for golfers, it's, it's a prime example for sports psychology. You know, because you see. Um, you see people hit 
a ball and it's a really bad one. And they slam, you know, tennis is better, but they, you know, they'll hit the floor with the, the golf club, you know. And you watch people, um, mainly people like Tiger Woods when he was at his, his peak, he would take the shot. Once that shot's taken, it's over. It's done. Yeah. It's over. Move on. Yes. And, and you could tell his psychology was better than anybody else's. You know, oh, yeah. um, we know he went downhill a little bit later on and things happened between his marriage and things like that. But, but at that time, he's probably the complete golfer I, I think I've ever seen. Almost without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I was never a big fan of Tiger Woods, never. No, neither was I. Yeah. But you had, you had to admire his professionalism. But, yeah, but like, it's like in tennis as well. You know, each, and I learned this at a very early age, is each shot is individual. You know, each serve is individual. You know, each uh, tee shot for golf is individual. If you muck it up, don't worry about it. Reset, go again. Yes. Reset, go again. And, and, you, and you, you know, it's the same with anything else. You, you, it's, it, it is all about psychology. I mean, you watch a, you watch a cricketer. Watch a cricketer, especially yeah. like a, a, a top top three batsman. Yeah. If, if they if they come in and and they start to they they end up blocking blocking, you can see it's nerves. It's nerves. Yeah. They're just blocking. Yeah. They're just not just guiding it from here to there. Eventually, they get into their rhythm, and then all of a sudden, bam! They hit a four or a six, and then all of a sudden, you just see all those nerves disappear. And then well, that, that, that's why you see so, that's why you see so many batsmen get out in the first few balls. So often, yes. Because, Don't get yeah. their eye in. Don't get it right, you know, and and then, but once they're in, and, and it makes me laugh when you have someone who's really struggling early on, and then they get a lucky four, you know, and a and it just yeah. misses the wicket or you know or whatever it is, and uh, the field, uh, or something and then like all that. of a sudden they go click and they go bang, bang, <laughs> you know, and uh, I think it's the same in any sport, I suppose, isn't it? So take take you take rugby, and I I used to I used to always admire, I mean. I always admire a fly half or any kicker in a rugby game. Yeah. Yeah. They they are standing in that in that place on that field all by themselves. They are on their own and they have to be in their own world. Yeah. In order to get that ball between those posts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if one thing when you sit when you're standing on the penalty spot on a football pitch kicking to, towards a net and you've got a goalkeeper between you and the and the and your target, yeah. That that's it's it's tough enough when you've got 90,000 people around you or 50,000 people around you. But when you're standing in the middle of a pitch on your own and you were to kick a ball between two posts and get it at an angle, where it's, an, it's not directly in front, it's at an angle. Yeah. yeah? And you got, you, sometimes you've got 50,000 spectators booing you or, you know, even when it got silent, like especially in the UK, this is what I love about the UK typically, they go and in France, now France, they, they, they whistle a lot. But then yeah, the UK, right. they, go, yeah. they, go, they go dead silent. And I think that some can, sometimes can be more unnerving to a player than when they have the noise around them, when it goes dead yeah. silent. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. In, that dead, in that moment of silence, that's when thoughts can start coming into your mind. Yeah, But when you're hearing noise, you're focusing and blocking that noise out and yeah. focusing on I where mean, you are. Just, just top, top of my head, I mean, I'll, I'll just be saying to myself, it's going to be a superb kick. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course you know, I and, and, and I mean, you'll know. Uh, who's the kicker for South Africa? I, I don't know. 
Andre Pollard. Okay. Well, yeah. it's, uh, for England, it's um, Owen Farrell, isn't it? Yes. Got- well, yeah, even either Farrell or... Another um, guy. George? Ford. George Ford. George Ford, yeah. yeah. So, and they're both similar. But you, yeah. but I like I like the way Owen Farrell lines up for it. He does the same thing to the letter every single time, and most times he he doesn't miss. You know, most uh, times he does. Yeah, his so. his success rate is in the eighties. Phenomenal, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. So, but um, okay, so um, people with social anxiety disorder, also known as SAD, because they fear social and performance situations. I didn't realize this. I thought sad was you were pissed off with the weather. <laughs> Honestly, in the darkness, in the darkness. I thought that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Just so well, <laughs> until you start well, looking, maybe, you don't know. You know. Maybe there's another acronym, acronym for the. I mean, another meaning for the word. The acronym sad. Perhaps there is. Yeah, but, maybe, maybe. But if you and if you look at if you look at about people going into, you know, I used to remember because I used to be very shy. Okay, I was yeah. extremely shy. And if I ever went into a social environment, I used to be like a cat because I'd be too scared. I'd be so terrified of walking into a social environment. Like if I was, if I went to a party when I was a, as a kid, I had to be one of the first ones there. I had to be. Because then I could come in where there was not a lot of people around and I could get settled in and get find my bearings and calm myself down. But if I went to a party as a kid, and there were, and I was there late, and there was already kids around. Oh man, I used to, I used to be terrified. I really was. Mm-hmm. I'd be absolutely terrified. Then I'd just sit and I'd hang back for a while, as a, like a cat, and just watch and observe. And eventually, I'd get comfortable and move my move in and stuff like that. So I know exactly what that says. It's, 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 it's really weird. It's weird. Just I mean, you, you think of all the different quirky things that we're talking about. You can imagine having a room full of people and getting them to speak about. You know, oh, that would be, yeah. yeah, but I'd I mean, for me, it was about uh, getting in there, like a, you say, a party. Uh-huh. My thing would be, I'd ice, you know, again, if I wasn't with someone, you know, and I, I'd ice spy who, who's the best looking woman in the room, and I'd go and ask her to dance straight away. You know, and that was just me. I mean, because I knew if I'd left it, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you, know, you man. So, you know. Never got slapped in a face at a party or anything. So, I, you know, I must have done something right. So, Actually, it's funny you should say that because I had a very good friend in the UK who was also a bit of a social – he was definitely a situational um, introvert, you know. So when he was around people that, that were close to him, he was okay. He was not, not, a, not a loud or lumbuc- um, um, boisterous or rambunctious type of person at all. And especially if we went to somewhere where there were a lot of strangers around, he would become very quiet. Mm-hmm. You know? And he was very similar, like you say, like yourself. Um, and if we went to a, if we went to a club, he would one of the first things he would do is go up to a girl and start chatting to a girl, and that would help help calm him down and ease, and he would ease into the night that way. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So. Look, the, 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 what we what we're aiming at here, and the reason for this thing is that we we are we are not sports psychologists, but you know, we're just not. But we've both done a lot of sport, and we know how so- psychology plays a big part in sports, and that's mm-hmm. what we want to we, we're getting at here. And we're we're aiming at getting people better prepared for their sport. So if you are a person that suffers from uh, anything like um, 
stage fright or, you know, this performance anxiety, then please get in touch with us. Um, we see if we can help you. Um, oh, on that note, remember, I am an NLP coach. So if oh, anybody yeah. does, if anybody does want to talk, yeah. then... And look, this also this is also very much in reference as well to to everyday life, Paul. You know, yeah, besides what you're talking it's about, not, it's uh, not just sports. It's just it's just a sports about, program, isn't it? So, if you, think, if you think about Jane Jones, who wants to go down to the the local gym to join an aerobic class, but she's too shy to do so. Yeah, she's too embarrassed about her physique to do that. Mm -hmm. This is a great this is a great conversation to have with somebody that you trust. Yeah, and get talking absolutely. about something like this to help you to break out of that because many people are held back from getting themselves going in the fitness regimen by have, because they know they have to go to a gym and they're just too shy to do it. They're too they're too nervous and too scared. I've, like I have a client right now who I'm going to train just now in a park, but when I first started training with her a few months back, we were training in her garden at her home or in the gym at the at her home. She would never have considered going to the park and training with me. Yeah, but now yeah. she's more comfortable with that. She's more confident in her in herself now. So mm. it's it's helped her to ease out in that way. And and this is a very prevalent thing in society with many women, especially and more guys than you would imagine. A lot of guys are terrified about walking onto a gym floor to go to the weight section when they've never pushed weights before. They want to. They're dying to, but they're so terrified about what they're going to look like. What people are going to be thinking, you know, and if they make a make a mess of themselves, it happened to me. I yeah. just arrived yeah, in Dubai. It, I arrived yeah. in Dubai after two weeks, and I ended up in hospital one day. And what happened was, um, now I'm the fitness manager, okay, of a of a fitness first club in Dubai, and the very first one opened up in Dubai. And I've I've been there for two weeks. I'm training in the gym one day, and I'm doing a warm down. I think I've mentioned this to you. And I was doing it. I was doing an exercise, and um, this was before I met my wife. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> and there was a girl. There was a girl in the gym behind me, and she was on the ab, on the knee lift, like the ab ab apparatus where you do, where you raise your knees. You know, you, you position yourself, and then you lift your knees up and your legs and stuff like that. And um, I know her personally now, but at the time I didn't know her. And she's a she's a beautiful, stunning woman, and she was behind me when this when I felt my back go, when I felt all the muscles and everything tear in my back and across my hips. And I didn't, I was too terrified to just drop it to the floor. Although I knew I, I, I should have, I was just because I was, could see her in the mirror looking at, in my direction and I just didn't want to look like an idiot by just mm. dropping to the floor. So I slowly managed to lower that bar down and put it down safely. And then I just made my way over and I collapsed. That's anxiety as well. That's, that's, yeah. performance anxiety you know it you all comes under the same thing really yeah it does. yeah 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 sorry you were about to say something i can't My remember <laughs> i can't remember it doesn't matter it's unimportant but um um yeah so 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 basically um we have negative thought patterns and that is one of the biggest problems that we have um, I think if you're in sports, you've got you've got to channel your thoughts in the right way. Plus, they have to be the right type of thoughts. You don't allow anything negative to come in at all. You expect the best. You practice and you keep looking forward. And the other thing you've got to do, you've got to focus on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Focus on what you're doing. You know, focus on. 
the right movements for whatever you're doing, whether it's weightlifting or whatever. Focus on that. Don't worry about what you look like. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, people don't care what you look like anyway in gyms. <laughs> I was thinking the exact they really, same. Yeah, sorry. They, that was what I was going to say. Yeah, they, they don't care. It's only you care. You know, You're having uh, this conversation going on in your head and nobody else around you even. I, I, I've, seen, I've, seen the most, I've seen the most scruffiest people in the world have, have got some wearing something that looks old and tatty and they're the best person in there. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I, I, I never bother me. I mean, you know, it just doesn't. So, um, okay. So as you said before, it's very, very common. And um, let's move that out of the way. So, um, okay. So there are triggers. Now, the triggers are normally what, well, normally what you say in your mind, okay, that cause the problem. And they're like mental monsters that grow on, grow on, grow on. You know, um, they build on each other. Mm -hmm. So you might say one, one particular bad word about yourself or negative word. And then a little bit later in the conversation, another negative word will come in. And then a little bit later, another one will come in. And by the time you're ready to get going, you've had at least six negative words that are all bad. Really, really bad words, and it will affect your performance at anything. It's you know, it will affect everything, or you even know? worse. You had, you've had six negative conversations with yourself, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's I, 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 yeah, that's right. I mean, it's funny as a police officer, I literally I never said any negative words to myself at all, ever. I don't, don't ask me where that came from, I just don't know. Um, and I didn't, there was one thing I had a problem with. And one thing I used to avoid, everything else I was really good at, okay? And um, and that was, and it's stupid, it's going to a road traffic accident and filling out the accident book. We got to talk about um, skid marks and, um, you know, things like that and, and speeds. And I just I thought, oh, I can't do this. And that's the only time. So I avoided it. But in the end... I had to say to myself, um, I've got to do it and got to do it right. And I did in the end. And it became, I got very quite good at it. Um, but, uh, but that was only my, my, my mind was causing me problems, you know. Um, being uh, when I was running, I always expected to do well. I was playing football, never had a negative thought in my mind, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, any form of, any did a marathon. I expected to do really well. I got injured, but on the first one. But um, apart from that, I was pleased. I was pleased because the, the training I did over a two-year period was 95, 96% of, of, the, of the, the whole plan. Oh, well. So I was proud of the fact that I did that 95, 96%. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter about the race. doesn't matter because anything can happen, you know. So... So the other thing we've got to do is we've got to manage the symptoms. One of the biggest things that you can do um, would be personal development, you know. Now, depending on what sort of um, uh, career or genre or interest you have um, would be how, what would dictate what you would listen to or watch with personal development, and you can, you can sort that out later. But the bottom line is, do an hour a day personal development. Whatever it is you're doing, you know, it will help. Mm -hmm. And so, even if you do it while you're sleeping at night, you can put it on earphones. Absolutely. While you're at night it could be anything. 
There's going to be a, into your subconscious. It's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there are a number of strategies that you can employ that will reduce performance anxiety symptoms. Uh, what, and, and the biggest one, I would say, apart from your mind, is, and I've mentioned this twice already, and that is ensure that you've practiced enough so that you are confident during a competition or something else that you're doing. Okay. Um, build a team spirit, even if you even if you're on your own, if you're a runner and going out, try and get a little bit of support, whether it's verbal or whatever, and build a team spirit so that people know what you're doing and they can say, How's it going? Are you doing well? And you know, do you need any help? And all that type of things. So you can manage that. Yeah. So um, let, let, let people know so that you get that that outside support. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, to be fair, there's not there's not a great deal you can do with this performance anxiety apart from practicing, doing it often, personal development, you know, and and watching what you're saying in your mind. There's, a, you there's know, another there's another big one, Paul. Oh, uh, it's huge. It's the biggest no, one. No, there's another big one. I'm saying. Sorry, go on. That's, that's breathing. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh uh, well, yeah, because the the last thing I was going to mention was about. Uh, meditation okay uh, you, you hear me mention it all the time and i'll tell you what it's turned it's turned i've always been a confident type of person but it's turned everything around for me without a shadow of a doubt meditation is is uh oh, yeah. it's so key it's unbelievable you know and um so yeah uh, but you could sometimes and sometimes also you have to learn to live with things um let's say you're someone who suffers a little bit of depression or maybe just somebody gets down occasionally. What you have to do, you have to be aware. And you have to learn to live with it and say, this is going to happen on occasions. And it's okay. You know, it's not, it's, it's, I can do something about it. I may not be able to eliminate it all, but understand it will pass over. It goes. It goes. Well, there's, there's two types of people in this world, Paul. Yeah. There's those people that deal with the issues and challenges that they have. And yeah. there's those people that don't and end up suffering because of it. And they will. Definitely. If they don't, don't, if they, A, if they're not aware or they don't understand it, and B, if they don't do something about it, you know, it's it, it's a double-edged sword, you know? So very, very important. Anyway, listen, we've been going for nearly 43 minutes now. So we, uh, we I think, we, anything else you want to say, Warren, at all? I'm good, thank you. Good. All good. Um, yeah, I think. I think we've I think we've got the message out today. We've yeah, absolutely. Superb. All right, mate. Um, to everyone out there, if you've got any questions, don't forget to put them down. Say hello, whatever. Love, you know, like or love the um, the video if you if you do if you think someone could use it, share it. Um, again, as much love as we can get on here, it helps us grow. Yes. And, and that's the, more, it really. the more the more love and caring whatever we you give us on those on the um, video feeds is the, the more we're going to grow the more people will see our videos and the more our message yeah. gets out there absolutely yeah. now you all saw you all saw my carrot cake beforehand mm. uh, i love you but you're not getting any okay <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll see you friday uh, warren okay paul and everyone so. else see good night everybody yeah. see you all yeah. friday Ta -da. Ta -da. bye